an outstanding football team uh, that we that we played against today and, and be able to come out of here with a win. I think that look, I've been saying this last few weeks, you know, we got a we got a gritty, tough group and uh, there's a lot of fight in those guys in that locker room and they continue to do that. So uh, really proud of our team, players, coaches, everybody. Uh, well, I, th- I think I think we executed. You know, um, look, I think there's a lot of talk about Taysom. I think I think we got Taysom involved early. I think we got Taysom involved late. Uh, he's a big part of what we did in, in terms of helping us win this game. Um, you know, I thought we threw the ball pretty well early in the game. Um, you know, when we, we were we were good on third down early in the game. Um, look, it, got, it, it became more and more difficult as the game went on. You know, you're down basically what amounts to three starting offensive linemen against that defensive front. It's a tough deal to do. Uh, but I told the guys in there, man, just the way that they finished this thing out, uh, pounding the football there at the end was was really impressive to see, especially being down three offensive linemen. It was huge, yeah, huge. Uh, man, he did a great job. I think I think the DB coaches, you know, made a couple adjustments over there on, over there on the sideline. A little play that you know we, we, we kind of anticipated we might might get, and and uh, Lat did a great job of jumping the route and and finishing it. You know. That's the other part about it. You know, we, we've had some opportunities throughout the season and we haven't quite finished like we need to. And, um, yeah, he finished the play. It was huge. Look, we knew that this was going to be a game that you, it was going to be hard for us to win the game kicking field goals down there. Um, and, and so uh, we knew we were going to have to be aggressive in, in certain areas. And uh, that was an opportunity that we felt like we could we could be aggressive. Um, look, the next time we were down there, you know, I, I, I thought about going for it again, you know, on fourth down. Um, but we took the points there to, to you know, make it a two touchdown game and, and felt like at that, at that time that was the right decision. Does that mean I'm a big part of it? <laughs> Cam won't let me take credit for it, but I'll tell him to take a little credit. Uh, no, that's awesome. It's awesome. Um, you know, Cam's been a, a, a great ambassador for our organization, for the entire National Football League. Uh, he's been a great player um, and, and probably an even better person. And, and so I couldn't be happier for a guy, and, and uh, uh, it's an awesome accomplishment. Well, I don't know that there's something that I found out about him. I think I already knew. Like, I've been saying this. I think we have a tough, gritty group of guys. And, um, you know, I I know that, you know, we we haven't won as many games as we would have liked. But, you know, when you look at all the things that that this team's been through this year and and to continue to fight and scratch and claw, and we've been in every single game and and we found a way to – you know, close them out in the last last three weeks. So um, that's been that's been good to see. I mean, that's that's the type of team that I think we can be. Is 
I just think it. I just think it shows that, you know, we're on the right track. Um, and we're not there yet, um, but we're on the right track and we're moving in the right direction. And and, you know, to have success, it starts with the people that are in your building. And and I think we've got a lot of the right people in our building. Yeah, look, we're still playing for something. Um, you know, I haven't paid much attention to it, so I don't even know what happened today. Um, but uh, um, I think our focus really has been just take care of our business. And we set out, you know, three weeks ago that we wanted to try to go 4-0, and that's all that we could really, uh, you know, control. And and so uh, we've been able to get three of them, and, and we got another – you know, tough opponent next week, and we'll be excited about going home and playing those guys. Well, look, I mean, yeah, Marshawn's not the best communicator in the world either. I know you guys have tried to talk to him before. So, um, uh, yeah, look, it, it, I mean, it's been, it's been a challenge, you know, uh, but I also know that, you know, Man, I've been with Marshawn here since 2017, and he's 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 battled through things before. I mean, I, look, last year he, you know, broke a thumb, you know, in the first game of the season and had surgery, and I think he missed a week and was back right after that, you know. So, uh, look, it's just good to have him back. Thought he played well today, um, and uh, excited that he's you know back in the fold. Yeah, well, look, we like a lot of what Alante's been doing. We like a lot about what Paulson Debo's been doing. We like a lot about what Marshawn Lattimore brings. You know, these are good problems to have. Um, and so, um, look, we felt like that was the, the game plan going in. And, you know, I, I feel like we played pretty well defensively today. So I feel like that that kind of worked in our favor today. Yeah, look, I mean, we've been repping Trevor at, you know, the jumbo tight end, you know, for the last three or four weeks. And, and you know, I don't know that it's fair to have him repping in one spot, repping in one spot, repping in one spot, and then all of a sudden we're just going to throw him out, you know. And there could have been a lot of shuffling of the deck that could have potentially been involved uh, in a move like that. So uh, we felt like, you know, one-for-one, one, plug-and-play, uh, feel good about Landon Young. Uh, look, we'll see where we're at next week. We'll see what the plan will be next week. We'll talk about that. But we felt like in this game, uh, that was the, the right thing to do. That the challenge. Challenge, you know. Um, look, I thought – I, I really felt like, you know, really after Ram went down, even well, really even the first half, I thought overall, I thought we did a pretty good job. Um, you know, it became a little bit more difficult, um, you know, later in the game. Um, 
you know, I, I look, I feel like, but I feel like those guys, you know, overall with what they were faced with, I think overall they did a pretty decent job. You know, I think Andy would tell you there's probably a couple that he might have been able to step up in the pocket and, and you know, maybe avoid one of them. But, uh, but look, it was, uh, you know, it was, it, it was, it was big for those guys to be able to step up and at least give us a chance, you know, and, uh, and that was good to see. Figured once he walked in, y'all be done with me. All right, appreciate it. Hey, what's going on, Who That Nation? It is yours truly, TJ Jones, the host of the State of the Saints podcast. Thank you all so much for checking out the State of the Saints podcast, where we talk New Orleans Saints. Uh, we're here to talk about the Saints' uh, 20 to 10 victory uh, over the Philadelphia Eagles on today. Uh, the New Orleans Saints uh, went three straight games in a row. Uh, they went three straight games. Uh, this game, uh, was exciting at the start. You know, it seemed like the Saints were clicking on all cylinders. That includes, you know, Andy Dalton went 12 for 12, uh, the most consecutive passes uh, he's ever had in a row in his career. Uh, the running game looked uh, really, really great. Um, the Saints were not intimidated by the defensive line nor the offensive line of the Philadelphia Eagles at all uh, on today. And I think it shocked a lot of people, um, including me. Um, I didn't expect for the New Orleans Saints to look as impressive as they did. Uh, but you got to give credit what credit is due. Uh, the New Orleans Saints uh, did not fold. They did not give up. They did not look at the Philadelphia Eagles record and say, hey, you know, this team has 13 wins. They, they took advantage of it. Uh, Gardner Minshew, I mean, nobody is going to mistake him for being Jalen Hurts at all. Uh, you know, the Saints went out there and they handled business. Um, speaking of business, uh, we got to – Congratulate Mr. Cam Jordan for coming uh, in uh, the New Orleans Saints all-time leader in sacks. Uh, he pushes his uh, total to 115 and a half sacks, surpassing legendary uh, linebacker Ricky Jackson. So congratulations to him. And also Marshawn Lattimore returning to the lineup, uh, coming in and, and contributing in a major way with a pick six to pretty much seal the game uh, for the New Orleans Saints. Uh, I love the running game. Um, I like the fact that uh, the Saints are listening uh, to individuals that are talking about using Taysom Hill more because clearly they weren't listening. But they definitely did use Taysom Hill a lot more in this game. He had a game high or a career high 14 carries in this game. They also kind of used him towards the end of the game uh, as the smash mouth guy. He, he got two first downs to pretty much seal uh, the deal. Um, Rashid Shaheed stepping up, uh, making some really big plays, a uh, really good uh, pass by – uh, Andy Dalton to Rashid Shaheed uh, down the right sidelines, uh, setting up, you know, a field goal. Um, we want to get touchdowns, but um, it still was a great play nonetheless. Uh, the Saints in the first half, they had a really good um, game plan. Uh, I, look, as far as I've been watching the New Orleans Saints uh, this entire season, pretty much like the first half has, has been great. You know, uh, they, they have come together and come up with game plans to – to 
pull away from teams, but it's just the second half. The second half of the game when teams make adjustments to what the Saints are doing, I don't see really too many adjustments. So the Saints pretty much are like clinging on to the lead that they probably established in the first half. It was like that last week. Um, they got the lead against Cleveland and, you know, Cleveland came in, had some adjustments. Uh, it, it also helped that Kevin Stefanski is a moron, uh, you know, not using Nick Chubb <laughs> in a major way. Now I'm just joking when I call him a moron, but I mean, it was moronic for him not to use Nick Chubb, but, it worked uh, for the New Orleans Saints. And in the second half, I um, noticed that the Saints had a tough time moving the football. Uh, mostly it was because um, the Philadelphia Eagles did a really good job at keeping uh, Andy Dalton in the pocket. And it just seems like anytime like pressure comes near Andy Dalton, I mean, he just panics uh, and he just takes the sack. I mean, maybe I'm old fashioned, but I remember back in the days when guys used to just get rid of football or you know, legendary quarterback Drew Brees would just throw the football to Alvin Kamara's feet and live to fight another day. But yeah, they got to get better with that. You know, taking a sack is sometimes a good thing. But uh, for the most part, man, you don't want to give up those type of yards, especially when you're still clinging on to a, a lead, uh, you know, that small. So hopefully the Saints can be able to uh, work on some things. Um you know, I misspoke, uh, um, and I do apologize for this. I, I put on Twitter that the Saints were eliminated from playoff contention, but that, uh, indeed, who that nation is not true. Uh, the Saints uh, still mathematically still uh, in the playoffs. Um, I'm going to pull up the scenarios here, um, and this is what the New Orleans Saints will need in order for them to acquire the seventh seed. Uh, the Saints need to win out, of course. They beat Philly today, and they need to beat Carolina. Um, the Bucks. They can win the South, which they have done today, if I'm not mistaken. I think they pretty much won the game. Uh, Washington lost today to Cleveland. So you also need uh, them to lose to Dallas next week. Uh, Seattle, who is who are playing the Jets today, uh, they need to lose next week versus the Rams. Uh, Detroit need to lose at least once. It's not going to happen today. They blew out Chicago. So the only thing that you have is pretty much Green Bay. Uh, Green Bay has to lose at least once. Uh, I will hope that they lose today versus Minnesota um, because I'm pretty sure they're going to be playing pretty hard next week versus Detroit Lions. So you need the Green Bay to lose at least once. You need Detroit to lose at least once. You need Seattle to lose next week to the Rams. Uh, you need Washington to lose out, which I'm pretty sure Dallas is going to be pretty much inspired to play that game, especially since Philadelphia lost today. So the Saints still are mathematically alive and there's a chance that they can make the playoffs and, those things can be obtainable. You know, they, they it, it could be obtained. You know, if uh, Baker Mayfield puts forth a great effort um, against the uh, Seahawks uh, on next week, and, um, you know, if uh, Aaron Rodgers can somehow beat the Lions, uh, you know, and, and lose this week versus Minnesota, um, the Saints would be in the playoffs if they can knock off Carolina. So they need a lot of help, but it is attainable. And um, we'll see, man. We'll see. It's a lot of things going on, but – that's what happens when you put yourself in these type of positions. This is what happens when you don't have your own business. And for the second year in a row, the New Orleans Saints had an opportunity to handle their own business. Last year, I think they lost to the Atlanta Falcons when they had no business losing that game. And they had no business losing to Tampa now. Because if that was the case, then I'm pretty sure the way that the Saints have been playing as of late, they probably would have won the South. But I'm not upset about that at all. because, And I'm not even hoping and wishing and praying that a team loses. I'm just being real. Like you have to handle your own business and you can't be looking for other people to handle your business for you. So um, we can sit back, we can hope, we can pray, we can wish. Um, it looks like the Saints are playing pretty well. I mean, look, 
the Philadelphia Eagles are a really good team. I mean, this was the same team that put up over four, uh, 40 points last week, if I'm not mistaken. So, and I think Gardner Minshew almost had 400 yards passing. So the fact is, this is pretty impressive. Like, we we talk about Dennis Allen. I know I'm the ringleader of that, you know what I'm saying, in some cases. But you got to get credit with credit is due, man. When it comes to, like, defense and knowing defense and understanding defenses, you know, he, he does a really good job. Now, the Saints got a little bit of an olive branch, and I think we all can admit that. Um, if Jalen Hurts was playing in this game, I think the game probably would have been a little bit more interesting than what it was with uh, Gardner Minshew. But, you, I mean, looking at what has happened with the New Orleans Saints throughout the season, it just seemed like bad luck has always come their way. So to finally got, get a little bit of good luck in a way of not having Jalen Hurts play, uh, I just feel like it's kind of, you know, it was about about time the Saints actually get uh, some things going their way. You know, I'm I'm real big on the conspiracy theory thing. I'm gonna be honest with y'all folks. You know, I, I just be wondering sometimes, like, is, is the NFL and you know, is, is there like some type of fix going on? Because it's it's weird. It's weird, man. Because you got Philadelphia who has been like world beaters all season long, and they lose two straight games. And by losing this game, they have to play all their starters next week in order for them to be able to win the division because the Cowboys are are nipping at their heels. And then you have uh, the New Orleans Saints, you know, they're playing to the end. It's like every single game matters. And it's like they – it just seemed like to me, like it, it was just weird. Like even, even the way the game was going, I must admit, man, like as a Saints fan – I'm not I'm not mad because it, it normally happens to us. But there were a few plays in this game I just feel like the New Orleans Saints um they the referees helped them out. I mean, I just can't I can't believe this. So I don't know if they're trying to make this thing interesting. They're trying to get people to watch and you know, you got Jalen Hurts. Uh the question is is he going to play? Is he not going to play? If he doesn't play, it's probably going to be, you know, detrimental to their the draft, I mean, not their draft seeding, but their their playoff seeding. It's just weird, man, the way that things have really just kind of panned out. And then you look at the New Orleans Saints been winning games and stuff like that. Tampa, you know, they were down 14 to nothing, win the game. Um, it's just weird to me, like, how the NFL, like, it is, a, is, is rather these teams are really, you know, collapsing down the stretch or it's like, man, it's maybe something going on that we need to be talking about. Uh, but – but I'm going to go ahead and read some of your comments, man. This ain't going to be a long show. I got I got some things to do. I ain't going to lie to y'all. Um, I'm working on, like, taking down Christmas ornaments. Uh, Paxton is upstairs asleep, which I'm expecting for him to come down in any minute. And, um, you know, like I said, I just got some some things I need to do. So this is going to be a relatively quick show. I'm going to go ahead and read some of your comments, and then we're going to go ahead and get up out of here. Uh, the first Carolina game uh, has uh, me way uh, more haunted than the 16-3. to uh, just enough to run it back again next year with everybody, including Andy at quarterback. Well, I'm hoping that's not the case. Look, I ain't got no problem with Andy Dalton. I mean, he played well today. I'm not going to hate on the dude, but, man, the dude is a statue in the pocket. And and the way the NFL is going right now, you got linebackers and defensive ends. They way too athletic, you know, to be able to be held down by these offensive linemen. And you need a quarterback that's going to be able to scramble outside the pocket. Once again, I've said this before, you don't need to be Vic. You don't need to be Lamar Jackson, but you got to have some ability to scramble. And this dude, like, just seemed like he just panics. Anytime somebody just get close to him, he's falling down on the ground. He, you know what I'm saying? He uncoordinated. He can't get out the pocket. He can't scramble for a couple yards. 
that's that's just not it, man. That, that just ain't it. Like standing back there being a statue in a pocket is just completely passe. And you're not gonna win too many games like that, man. You gotta have the ability to scramble, you have to have the ability to run and get away when necessary. But I, I can't take like I can't take another year of this. I can't. I cannot take another year of Andy Dalton being a quarterback of the New Orleans Saints. Not that he's done anything just terribly wrong. Like he's solid, but this ain't it, bro. This ain't this ain't equating to no success. This ain't equating to no Super Bowl. This ain't this ain't what you need, man. This is basically just a pit stop. And like I, he played well today. I mean that that the interception that he threw, I kind of understand it. I mean Chris Olave, you got to come back to the ball, help your guy out. But I, I just can't take too much more of this, man. The the boring, bland offense of the New Orleans Saints. I mean the predictability. Even though like some of the plays today, it seemed like they tried to get in their bag. I just can't take this no more, man. I just can't. Like we know that Andy Dalton is not the future of this franchise. We know that this dude is not going to be the guy to lead the Saints for years to come. So why are we up here trying to trip? Now, if he comes back, I would expect for the Saints to have drafted somebody. Maybe they didn't made a deal for a first-round pick with Arizona or with the Colts. Maybe they got somebody like a C.J. Strout. I heard people like raising their eyebrows about C.J. Strout on yesterday. Um, C.J. Strout was balling, all right? I would love to have C.J. Strout in a, in a Saints uniform. Hopefully you can get yourself somebody like that that's going to be able to make some plays. Maybe Andy Dalton can start out the season until the young man starts to learn the playbook and then you get him acclimated and stuff like that. But Andy Dalton is not the fugitive franchise. And playing around with this, I just feel like you're just setting your franchise back further and further. Uh, people talking about the Saints drafting Kayla Williams, you, you would have to expect for the Saints to really truly stink it up all year long. Like they would have to lose like every game and win maybe like one or two. And I don't see that happening. I, I I don't see that happening, folks. So the Saints got to figure something out because this ain't it, man. Digging in the crates and, and trying to go at Andy Dalton. And nah, that ain't it, bro. Give me, give me a guy like CJ Strout. Give me a guy like a, I don't even, I'm not that big a fan of him or Will Levis. Somebody that's going to be able to move around in the pocket. Somebody that's going to be able to extend plays with their legs. Like something, but this ain't it, man. But if the Saints can somehow get a, a first round pick for for Sean Payton, which that's what the Saints are asking for, if they can make a deal with Arizona, who looks like they pretty much phoned it in, and uh, you know, or the Indianapolis Colts, who I feel like Jim Ursay is a gambler, obviously he went go get Jeff Saturday from TV, then you probably would find yourself getting your franchise quarterback in the form of a Will Levis or a CJ Stroud. So I'm hoping that a C.J. Stroud uh, comes out, um, you know, and and the Saints make a deal with Arizona or, or, you know, Indianapolis. I hope that that happens because this dude can end up landing, um, you know, with the New Orleans Saints uh, in the future. So we'll see. We'll see, man. But I think there's a team out there that's going to be willing to look at what they have and they probably going to look at, you know, Sean Payton, the type of coach that he is, and going to be willing to sacrifice their first-round pick for him. Uh, I'm serious. So I'm looking real close at the Arizona Cardinals, and I'm looking at the Indianapolis Colts. I'm no longer looking at the Chargers because, look, if you was to fire Brandon Staley, you pretty much just said, like, okay, man, we just firing this dude because we want Sean Payton. And I, I don't feel like that's fair. Um, if a guy gets your team to the playoffs, if he if he turns it around and he's, and he's helping your team win, then – I think you should get his man another shot, but we'll see. We'll see. Uh, let's see. The Saints actually tried a flea flicker today. 
Yeah, man, it was very innovative. It was it was some very innovative stuff that I seen from the Saints, and I was extremely impressed. I mean, we even seen two screen passes. We seen the Saints go for it on fourth down early in the first quarter. Like I was shocked. I was like, man, who are who are these guys? You know, who are these guys? I, I was shocked to actually see the New Orleans Saints go for it on fourth down. I mean, I was I was shocked. But those are the things that you need to do to win games. And this is the, the mentality that has been missing from the New Orleans Saints all season long, in my opinion. And it took way too long into the season for them to find it. This level of aggression is what you need in order for you to be successful. Now, you don't have to go for it on fourth down all the time like you're playing Madden with your best buddy. But a team has to believe that you're going to be able to do this. And a team, your team is going to have to believe in you to believe in them. OK, so sometimes you got to take a gamble, even if the gamble doesn't pan out how Philadelphia did it when they tried to go for it on fourth and one and they were unsuccessful. But the team believed in Coach Sirianni and he was out there, you know, what I'm saying he put those guys out there. You got to be that same type of coach, man. You got to have that level of aggression as well. Uh, Taylor was starting because Sean has been out, changed the lineup. Well, look, all man, it is a travesty. Demetrius, it is a travesty that Elante Taylor didn't get any snaps today. It is a travesty. This dude has been playing. You can arguably say he probably was the best member of the secondary for about 10 weeks. Like, seriously, he has been absolutely positively impressive. Like, you, you, there, there is no ifs, ands, or buts about it. And the, the fact that this dude getting no snaps, right? I mean, uh, Paulson Adebo gets posterized by A.J. Brown on that play. But still, you know what I'm saying? Like, it just made me wonder, like, where the heck, where the heck was he? Where the heck was Alante Taylor in this game? Where was he? That, that's all I want to know. It, it just it just does not make any sense, the fact that this dude didn't get any snaps in this game. I mean, the dude has played well enough. Like, you, you – if he was out here, he wasn't balling. If he wasn't playing, you know, at a high level, then I can be like, okay, okay, you know, like Marshawn Lattimore is here. But this dude has been like one of the best members of the secondary. He's been one of the best members of the secondary. Let's see, uh, Jaleel, uh, thank you very much for 199, says uh, trade Sean Payton uh, to Arizona for their top four pick and take CJ. That, and that's what I've been looking at. That, that's, that's what I've been looking at uh, as far as, where I feel like he can go, you know, like places like Indianapolis, places like Arizona, you know, to try to see if, you know, we can actually, you know, uh, get some, you know, get a guy like that, you know, get a pick. Uh, let's see. Carr is talented, but he turned the ball over at the worst time. Yeah. I mean, look, I, if Derek Carr was to, if the Saints were to make a trade for Derek Carr, I wouldn't be mad at that. I wouldn't be. I'm not going to really get into it. I mean, everybody kind of knew where I stand as far as show I made last, I mean, a couple of days ago. But, yeah, I, I think it's just time for the Saints to try to find their future franchise quarterback. Uh, Jameis is washed, and he is a bum and never been good or to the playoffs. Well, look, I'm not here to bash Jameis Winston, and uh, Jameis Winston uh, deserves to get opportunity to continue to play in the National Football League. Uh, the question is, will somebody give him a chance to be a starting quarterback in the National Football League? Um, I, I really just think that Jameis is going to have to work his tail off for anybody to trust him to be their starting quarterback uh, for their team. Like, it's never going to be like, oh, we signing Jameis and he's going to be our starter. 
without anybody nipping at his heels. And it's unfair. You know, it's unfair that that happened to him. It's unfair the the, the things that, that has transpired for him being benched. Um, it, it's unfortunate, man. The fact that he probably will never play another uh, snap uh, as a New Orleans Saint uh, quarterback uh, is, is, is very, very unfortunate. But hopefully he lands back on his feet. And it will not surprise me at all if wherever Sean Payton lands, Jameis Winston isn't too far behind. Uh, Purdy, Carr, Jimmy G, Russell Wilson, and Aaron Rodgers all are available to us in the offseason. The quarterback situation will improve. Well, look, I'm not like to me. I, I'm just be, I'm just keeping it honest. I'm just keeping it a buck. Um, I just think the Saints need to get themselves a franchise quarterback. They need to try to get a guy, a draft a guy in the draft, and they need to have this guy and look at this guy as the future of the franchise. Like getting all these up there in age, trying to hold on to the last bit of talent that these quarterbacks have to try to maybe uh, put it towards your team. I just feel like you just, like how we used to say when, they, when it comes to the contract negotiations, they're kicking a can down the road. Like they're kicking a can down the road constantly. So when I look at these these boys, that that's what I think about. You know, that's what I think about. I think about, um, you know, would you, you know what I'm saying, are you going to just, you know, sacrifice year after year, not finding a guy, hopefully that you can find a guy that can run the football. I mean, uh, run the football when he's under under uh, the rest, uh, throw the football, you know what I'm saying? Get, like, man, I don't know, man. I just think that you need to find yourself somebody that's going to be the future of the franchise instead of just constantly, like, just trying to find some dude from another team. He might be good enough, but how many years is he going to be good enough is he going to be able to give you what you need consistently over the year? Or are you just basically just going to do what you did back in 2020? Just can continue to uh, go for broke every single year and be taking it year by year with a, a quarterback that probably on borrowed time. Like, I don't know. I'd rather get a franchise quarterback. Like if you, if you got, if you're going to roll with DA, you know, your defense is going to be decent. So the biggest issue is getting the offense on board. So if you can, get a defense that can get stops to get the ball back into the hands of the quarterback. If you get the right guy and you get the right coordinator to actually uh, help this guy see the field, the Saints can get back into playoff contention. But I, I don't know, man. I'm not I'm not in the business of keep on getting guys who ninth, tenth year in the league and, you know, you're probably going to get about two or three years left in them. I, I'd rather just get somebody that's going to be – I rather I think we rather – get somebody that's going to be able to, you can see being your quarterback for the next 10, 10 to 15 years. That, that's just what I'm saying. I, that's, that's what a point I'm at. I, I think we tried that. Like we, we brought Jameis in. We, we did a quarterback battle with him and Taysom. Then we brought in Andy Dalton. I'm, I'm just, I, I'm just, I'm just kind of tired of that, man. I'm just kind of tired of it. Uh, I understand TJ on you doing a short show. We'll do a full recap this week for the Saints win. Yeah, you know, I'm definitely I'm definitely gonna do one tomorrow, man. Final thoughts and open up phone lines and stuff like that. Like I said, I apologize. Y'all, y'all see what I'm you know what I'm saying, what I'm up to this evening and stuff like that. But um, yeah, you know, we definitely gonna uh, do something relatively short and then we're gonna go ahead and get up out of here. But we'll definitely have a full length show tomorrow and uh talk a little bit more about about the team and everything else. All right, buddy. All right, I'm about the about to wrap it up in a second. All right. Good evening, uh, TJ. Uh, Sean Payton, like Kyler Murray, I'm hoping he takes the job. They already have a franchise quarterback. Also, do you think 
Pete uh, gets packaged in a uh, Cardinals trade since they have no offensive line. Well, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be mad at that, uh, Cass. I mean, if you want to wrap that up in there, that's fine. You know, anything that that can help them get that fourth round pick and make both teams feel content about them. You know, I don't have an issue with that at all, and I think that's a good idea. I mean, maybe, uh, maybe uh, you need to. Uh, quit your job and do some GM work. I'm not even being facetious, man. <laughs> uh, I'm serious. Like, that's a good idea. You know, um, you know, bring it, you know, sending Andrews Pete, um, which a lot of people may look at Andrews Pete and raise an eyebrow as a Saints fan, but around NFL circles, uh, they, people respect him as, as a guard. So that, that probably would be a good little bundle um, to, uh, for the Arizona Cardinals to, look at this and be okay with it. But I just feel like anytime you can get a coach like Sean Payton, um, you know, I think that it's probably better. It's, it's probably worth it. You know, it's worth the first round pick because you know, your team is going to improve because of his uh, expertise. Uh, the roster is uh, built to go for broke, but the coaching this year has been hard. Paul, I agree with you. I think that the coaching has been horrible, especially when it comes to the second half, those adjustments have been, Straight up 100% trash. Uh, the landlord, thank you very much for $2. Jimmy G is our best option, warrior mentality. Uh, Josh, um, look, I think I like Jimmy G. I ain't got no problem with him, but his, and throughout his career, he has constantly been hurt. So what you're going to be looking at is making sure that you find yourself a solid backup quarterback. Um, and also, I, I do think that Jimmy G has been a product of a system everywhere he went. In New England, I feel like he was a product of, of a system. Um, when it comes to San Francisco, I think he's a product of the system. Um, I just think that you need – well, I think – well, I, to be fair, every quarterback needs a system. Every – like I, I want to say maybe Shannon Sharp said this. Every quarterback is a system quarterback. It's about what what system works for him. So – but I, I think that you, you need the right pieces, but his – his injury history bothers me the most because, I mean, what he's been, what he's uh, been out for the season at least twice throughout his career as a starting quarterback, and he's missed like so many games. Like I, I don't know if I'm willing to like bet the house, the cars, the kids, and the dog on Jimmy Garoppolo. I, I've, I haven't really seen Jimmy Garoppolo play an entire season as a starting quarterback, but I think you can do some things with him. I don't think he's trash. Uh, I think you can make the playoff with him, which everybody's seen, but. I also think that you need some things around Jimmy G in order for him to be uh, the quarterback that you need him to be. Uh, Winston will land with a potential starting job. NFL coaches uh, know what is happening behind the scenes and none of us do. Yeah, um, yeah, I, I think that he, he'll probably land a, a potential starting job, but it, it'll never be to a point where he's not going to be looking over his shoulder. Like, you know, like some quarterbacks, you know, they – the team signs them and you ain't got to worry about nobody, right? You ain't got to worry about nobody because it's his job. I don't think it'll ever be like that with James Winston, ever. I don't care where he goes. It's always going to be somebody. Uh, it's rather going to be a young guy or it's probably going to be another backup with that's been a seasoned veteran, like a Andy Dalton that's always going to be looking over their shoulder, looking over his shoulder and, and hoping that he messes up so they can get their opportunity. Uh, I hope it's the Cardinals, but there is a lot of Broncos smoke they have the 49ers first, uh, which sucks because that's a late pick. Well, I'll tell you what. Um, the Broncos, they, they do have a, a good team. But the only thing that I look at is would Vic Fangio want to go back to the Denver Broncos? Because we know that he has been uh, – he, he has been 
within a conversation with Sean Payton when they talk about Sean Payton trying to put together a quote unquote super coaching staff. You know, Vic Fangio is the guy that's high on his list. So would Vic Fangio want to go back to the team that fired him as a head coach? That's that's a good question right there. Would he be willing to go back to them as a defensive coordinator or would he want to go somewhere else? And if you look at uh, Arizona, I mean, Arizona is built to win right now. I mean, this team last year, what they went like 11 and 0. So it's, it's not like these guys have just been so God awful. I just think that uh, the team just got a, a little bit ahead of themselves. I think the coaching staff, uh, you know, maybe they were living off what they did last year and they thought last year was going to be like it, uh, this year was going to be like last year and it wasn't. So I, I think that if you bring the right coach in, the right coordinator, I think the Arizona can win now. I mean, we look at um, the Rams. Uh, they're, they're teetering right now, the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, they're they're young. They're rebuilding. Uh, and also, um, you know, you look at the 49ers, um, you know, they, they, they look pretty good, but it's not like you can't beat them. So I think that the Arizona Cardinals have a strong chance to be right back winning the NFC West, you know, and, and being the team that they need to be if they get the right coach. But that's just me. Uh, TJ, you have Dennis Allen on the sideline these past few weeks trying to show emotion. He watched your show all season long. Well, i tell you this. Uh, if, if he's watching the show, then thank you very much, Coach DA. I really do appreciate that. But if he's hearing what I'm saying and if it's, any, if it's of any merit, you know what I'm saying, then look, I'm fine with that. You know, because it's nothing I don't say on this show I wouldn't say to Dennis Allen if he was right in front of me. Like, he knows – that what they've been doing ain't been working. It's too, he's been too conservative. And if that wasn't the case who that nation, then what, what's with the change up as of late? What's with the with the pictures and showing all the fire and brimstone on, on photos and videos and whatnot? Like, what's all that about? What, what is about going for it on fourth down and, and, and using Alvin Kamara in different ways? So obviously they listening to somebody, rather it's this show or somebody else's show. I, I don't want to give myself that much credit, but they listening to somebody because – some of the things that we have been complaining about for weeks as members of the Who That Nation and media members, um, you know, they seem like they listening. Seem like they listening. All right. We're going to take a few more and then we're going to get up out of here. We're going to read the stats and we're going to roll out. Uh, Dalton choking every year in the playoffs while in Cincinnati is obvious you're not on my level when it comes to uh, this sport. Um, let's see. Uh, bow down to the Bucks. Man, the Bucks suck, man. Come on. Like, give me a freaking break. Like, yeah, I, I don't know. Like, anybody that's, like, enjoy it. Like, enjoy it, Buck fans, because y'all know as well as everybody up in here do. And I'm, like I said, I ain't even being a hater. Go to the playoffs. By all means, make it to the playoffs and get y'all behind beat by the Cowboys in the first round. But everybody in here knows that it's over. Like, after this year, it's over. Like, when once Tom Brady leaves it's over y'all have nothing else y'all got nothing else y'all y'all coaching staff is suspect everybody knows that this is like this, like enjoy these moments because y'all gonna need them when y'all in the freaking basement for the next five to seven years y'all ain't winning nothing else y'all not winning this division anymore after this y'all ain't gonna y'all probably gonna be right at the bottom every other team around here you can see improvements and them actually building something I even put the Saints down at the bottom with y'all. But they're going to be dead last. So enjoy these moments. Enjoy being able to be a Bucs fan, infiltrating Saints chats and other NFC South ch uh, chats for right now because we all know, and you know it too, 
that at the end of this season, when it's all said and done, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers going to be right back in the basement where they've been at for the last 10, 15 years. So I'm not, look, in the words of the great, late, great macho man, Randy Savage, the cream always rises to the top. I understand that. But what happens when you, you know what I'm saying, when you swipe off all the cream, okay? All you got is just some watered down coffee. And that's exactly what the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are. So enjoy it. Like for real, seriously, enjoy it. I, I am not, I, I'm not being angry. Like y'all, they, they won the games that need to be won. But let's not pretend like these boys were just so impressive. Like you all benefited from a sorry, pathetic division. And you all are sorry and pathetic too. So at the end of the day, like what did you actually achieve? What we have, ladies and gentlemen, without the pomp and circumstances of a playoff appearance, is a team that is going to realize if, if, if it wasn't a playoff scenario, that they're not that good and they're on borrowed time. It, it's just what it is. But I'm, look, they won a division. What is, the, what is it, the second straight year in a row? Two years in a row they won a division? Congratulations to you. Get them boys a hand clap. But at the end of the day, we all know that it's over. It is over for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at the end of the season. You ain't winning a point. They are not winning the NFC South probably for the next five to seven years. Like, unless y'all get yourself a, you know, let Lamar Jackson or something like that come through the spot, which I don't see Baltimore allowing this dude to even be in free agency. Y'all going to be right at the bottom. So, congratulations. Uh, love Bucks think Jameis suck, but when he was at the Saints, uh, he was good. Show you that Bruce Arias was terrible at teaching young quarterbacks. The Bucks living uh, free in the Saints' head. Uh, let's see, uh, bruh, you haven't been relevant for 15 years. Y'all want to be a rival so bad. Wait a minute. He's saying that the Bucks living rent free in the Saints' head. This is the state of the Saints podcast. And you, you're a Tampa Bay Buccaneers fan, so somebody please tell me who's living in who head. Who's living in who head? I didn't come on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers podcast and say, man, y'all lucky. Oh, y'all suck. Oh, y'all whatever. Y'all, you came to this show. So who living in who head, right? So it seemed like to me like you want to get validation from Saints fans, which you're probably not going to get because we already know that y'all are not very good. You're not very good. You're not. You're, you're not a good football team. Like, congratulations being the best of the worst uh, division in all of football. I mean, don't come up, like, as, at the end of the day, don't come up here like you got just some bragging rights. We all stink. We, like, every NFC South team has sucked all year long. All of them. So, sitting up in here trying to beat on your chest like y'all didn't won double-digit games or something like that and it was just a wash, like, knock it off. Once again, if we live in went rent free in your head, man, I don't know who, who paying rent here. Are we paying rent or are you paying rent? Because you are on the State of the Saints podcast talking about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Remember that when you talk about living rent free. TJ, uh, why come it, uh, let me see, why come it took uh, Pete so long to show up as a play caller? I think somebody. Uh, got some uh, nuts for Christmas. I, I don't know what happened. I don't know what happened today, but I was just glad to see it. Let's go ahead and run through some of these stats, folks. Uh, appreciate y'all for being here. Ask that you hit the like button. Got 290 people watching this right now. Ask that you subscribe, man. We're really close to 10,000 subscribers, so uh, ask that you uh, you know help your boy out, help your brother out um, as I look for these stats. 
uh, for the New Orleans Saints here. All right, I'm, I'm reading them off my phone. Uh, let's see. The New Orleans Saints, Philadelphia Eagles Saints get the victory by a score of 20 to 10. Andy Dalton, 18 to 22, 204 yards, no touchdowns, one interception. Taysom Hill threw the ball twice for 24 yards. Alvin Kamara, 16 carry for 74 yards. Taysom Hill, 14 carry for 46, his uh, career high in one game. Uh, he also had a touchdown. Uh, Eno Benjamin, who looked really impressive. Um, that, that first run that he had that was supposed to go up the middle, he put the foot in the ground and then ran to the outside, got some extra yards. Um, I think the Saints got something in Eno Benjamin. Uh, two carries for 10 yards, five-yard average. Adam Prentice, who had a pretty uh, good game, you know, got the tough yards when necessary. One carry for two yards. Uh, also had, like, a, a catch, too. Uh, and you also have Rashid Shaheed, six catches for 79 yards. Uh, Jawan Johnson, uh, five catches for 62. Chris Alabe, four catches for 42. Uh, Adam Troutman, one catch for 16. Taysom Hill, one catch for nine. Eno, one catch for nine. Kamara, one catch for seven. Adam Prentice, one catch for four. Uh, Lattimore had an interception, had six uh, tackles in this game. Of course, we know the pick six that sealed the deal. Uh, Paulson Adebo, tough day at the office, giving up that big 78-yard touchdown to A.J. Brown. But nevertheless, I mean, he had six tackles. Cameron Jordan had three sacks today. Um, once again, congratulations to Cam Jordan uh, passing uh, Ricky Jackson as the all-time leader in sacks in Saints history. Uh, Sorensen, uh, four tackles. Caden Ellis uh, had a, a sack and a half. Um, still playing out his mind. Demario Davis, a good fourth down stop right there. Uh, he had three tackles. Davion Yamada with two. Tyron Matthew with two. Carl Granderson with a sack and a half. Uh, man, a lot of these young guys stepped up today. Roby had a tackle along with Roach, JT Gray. Uh, great special teams play, uh, knocking a ball back. I mean, JT Gray is, uh, is the modern-day Fred McAfee for all my uh, classic Saints fans out there. And P.J. Williams, who also played uh, – had an assisted tackle, and um, yeah, that's, that's pretty much it right here. Will Lutz uh, went two for two, as long as 54, so uh, Will Lutz uh, bouncing back, uh, kicking and making field goals when we needed them uh, to be made. So uh, final thought about the New Orleans Saints, really impressive victory. Um, beat the best team uh, in the NFL as far as record is concerned. Uh, still not mathematically out the playoffs just yet, but even if you're all, even if you are, um, you're still battling, you're still fighting, you're still clawing, you're still trying to do all the things you need to do in order for your team to be successful. And um, and uh, at the end of the day, um, you know, I mean, this is the type of momentum that you need. Rather, right? it's momentum that might catapult you into the playoffs, or momentum to get you to uh, the end of the season. So. Um, I'm, I was impressed by the victory today. Didn't think that it was going to happen, but you know, that's why you play the games and now the Philadelphia Eagles have to win. They, they got to win uh, next week uh, in order for them to really solidify themselves as a, as the NFC East champions and uh, the Saints got to win next week and they need a little bit of help, but this has been the state of the Saints podcast. Thank you all so much for tuning in. Uh, be sure to subscribe to the YouTube channel youtube.com search the state of the saints podcast uh, facebook.com search the state of the saints podcast previous episodes available on apple Podcasts, spotify iHeartRadio, and anchor fm and you can follow me on twitter at tjay jones 8 till next time all i gotta say is pack and say who that who that, who that? <laughs>